Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Zonner. I'm Zook. It's late. It is late, and I'm jet-lagged. You are unbelievably jet-lagged. So, we're recording this Friday night. We normally record this Thursday night. And I'm sitting there Thursday night, waiting in the hangout for Zonner to join me. Gee, Zonner, where are you? What's going on here? What? Why are you slacking on us? I'd, Which is not like me, no, I should say. I had completely forgotten that you were traveling all week for business, and you'll be traveling next week for business. Yeah, it's going to be a fun couple shows. <laughs> so March, March is looking kind of the same, got to so, say. So you're really well read then on what everything that's happened this week. Oh, I know nothing of what's happened. I, I've tried to read stuff. I've tried to tried to check out some stuff, but... So I could just make know. stuff up at this point. We could, you know, when, when we're on, when I'm at a customer site though, working for 10, 12 hours a day nonstop, and I have people looking at my screen for those 10 and 12 hours, I don't get a lot of like internet browsing done. So I didn't read a lot of news this week. However, I did read a few comic books on an airplane. I'm sure that counts. And I did see Justice League Dark. I did watch that, which I, I've used it as my favorite. There's a good reason. That is a good movie. That is really good. I'm all about the Zatanna. Yeah, it, it was it was well done. I, I liked seeing Swamp Thing. And I'm not a huge Swamp Thing fan, but, um, you know, the TV show Constantine that was on NBC a few years back, that... That right there, they brought Matt Ryan back to do the voice of Constantine. That guy is Constantine to me. He is amazing. I loved it. Loved it. So, well, if you either, haven't seen it yet, check it out. It's either him or Keanu. So, no. No, that's Ted. <laughs> Keanu is Ted from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. No, that's he's John Wick. That's all I will ever see him as. I. Or maybe sad Keanu from the memes. I'm just saying, he's now John Wick. That's just who he is. I really need to see that, by the way. You really do, both of them. I haven't seen it yet, yeah. Okay, well, enough of that. Into our sponsors. Special shout-out to our wonderful, beloved, benevolent friends over at trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, Radio KSCR, Geek Factor Radio, Open Book Audio, Stitcher.com, and I don't know. The really good pho I had for dinner tonight. Hey, we got Salt Lake Comic Con coming up. We and do. They they have announced a new guest. Uh, in fact, quite a few new guests this week. While I was while I was gone, I kept seeing things every now and then. But Aquaman himself, Carl Drogo, Jason Momoa is going to be there. See, you say all those things. I still just know him from Stargate Atlantis. Uh, what what was his name there? Ronan. Uh, yeah. I loved Stargate Atlantis, and he was a huge part of it. I really like that guy. Uh, he's got he's got a couple new shows out as well. Um, Frontier, I think it's a Netflix original, and then there's also one. It's not new, but if you haven't seen it, you might want to watch it. It's called I, I think it's called Red Road. I think it was on the Sundance ch- channel a few years ago. That was a really good show. Not just a tall face with. Huge biceps. You know, did you see that picture of him walking with his quote unquote security 
and they looked like lower level bosses that you have to fight to get to him that you have to fight to get to him yeah i think that's hilarious even though it says bodyguards i think that what they mean to say is bullet shields <laughs> probably because there's nothing that's going to approach him that he can't handle better than the bodyguards they're there just in case a gun is pulled and he needs like an extra buffer yeah yeah so um he is <laughs> he is impressive mm-hmm. impressively large and i've I've got a buddy who actually met him at um a bar one night at emerald city comic con and he said that the guy was nicest dude ever just hung out with him all night drinking beers having a good time really nice guy we should get to know him we should. I would love to get to know him. I well, want to be like best friends with Jason Momoa. We will be at Salt Lake Comic Con. Yes, we should be. And we have tickets that we will be giving away. Ooh. So stay tuned. Ooh, fun stuff. We don't know how yet, but they will be given away. So yeah, be sure to be checking out our Facebook and Twitter feeds. Maybe we'll do an Instagram only giveaway. I don't know. So follow us on Instagram. Um, but then also we'd be, we'd be remiss if we did not. I uh, give a shout out to Wizarding Days as well, which that's like February 24th and 25th. So coming up fast, coming up quickly. It that that should be fun. It's the first ever Wizarding Days, so yay, pretty cool there. And I will be in Colorado for part of that crap. <laughs> so we'll see. Make sure to pick up some brownies. Hey, um, so the past couple weeks we've had just massive, massive amounts of news and headlines. And then suddenly this week, uh, next to nothing. So if it seems like we're drawing things out a bit, there is a reason. Um, but I'd like to start off uh, with one that's not here in the headlines, but directly affects Zoner and I. This morning, we woke up to a fun little notification on our phone. Phones. We don't share one. I mean, we share a model, but anyway, we're both on T-Mobile. We both have Galaxy S7s, and we got upgraded to Nougat. Yes, and I saw also that AT&T had it roll out as well. Yeah, yeah. now, they had previously, like, Samsung had been rolling it out to Korea and the UK. We've, we've talked about this in the past. It was not coming to the U.S. quite yet. Then T-Mobile said just, I think, yesterday, oh, we'll start rolling it out to people who were in the beta program, the Galaxy Apps beta. Well, I wasn't in the beta. And Zoner, I'm assuming you weren't. I was not. I tried, but I couldn't get in. And suddenly, it's rolling out. And I think there's a good reason why. See, not only has Samsung had problems with distribution, problems with exploding batteries, problems with burning factories, exploding dishwashers, well, now their CEO has been arrested for bribery charges in connection with the South Korean president who's just been impeached and removed from office. Oh, fun. So it's a good day for Samsung. Oh, yeah. They're having a blast. And I feel bad admitting this. I have done nothing but profit from their misfortunes. The S6 slumped. Wasn't a great phone. Wasn't a bad phone. It just, you know, wasn't wasn't the, the big next thing like everyone hoped. Well, I've I've actually got an S6 as well that I use for my work phone. It's not a bad phone. I mean... It is what it is. It exists. Right. It was a a basic upgrade to the S5. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a good solid phone. I have no complaints about it, but But the S7 was a quantum leap above that. So I benefited from that. 
Uh, and then when the Note 7 fiasco started to happen, they started giving us free stuff. They uh, gave us security updates and feature updates to the UI. Um, the always-on display got an overhaul. We benefited from that. Now, fresh on everything else that's happening, Samsung is trying to really keep their brand going strong. They start fast-tracking Nougat out to us. Now, on one hand, you could argue quite reasonably, this isn't a fast track. Nougat's been out for like seven months. Yeah. But this is a fast track for U.S. carriers. And for Samsung, which is generally pretty... Pretty slow. They're usually one of the last. pretty slow. So I feel bad kind of laughing at everyone else's misfortune with Samsung because it's been benefiting me greatly. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. I can see (laughs) that. And that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Especially for you. Yeah. Uh, and next, we'll probably hear reports of certain Samsung wireless chargers were blowing up on people, and so they want to give me a $100 uh, Samsung Pay gift card. To use for a wireless charger. Sure. You know, I'm fine with that. I would. I'm, I'm just saying, it's that kind of news that I've really been making use of. So I'm enjoying that. Um, we're going to jump ahead here, because this is kind of Samsung news. Um, but... This headline comes to us from Korea. So the site is not particularly viewable. There's not a lot of really great information that we can see. However, there is one bit of fun news. Samsung has been tapped to supply OLED screens for Apple. Remember, we talked last week, actually, that there were iPhone 8 rumors going around that uh, they'd be leaving the LCD and go to OLED displays. They'd have that graphite insulator to help protect the screen for it. Uh-huh. Well, it turns out that's practically um, confirmed. And it's going to be Samsung providing the OLEDs. Now, the first thing that comes to mind as I hear this is, remember a few years ago how Samsung got sued by Apple for all the patent infringements? Basically making a phone that looks too much like the iPhone. We talked quite a bit about it over the years. It's hilarious to me that they're now coming and saying, hey, we want you to make us an iPhone. I just, I I find that highly, highly entertaining. And Zook just like almost died in front of me. It was amazing. No, I'm just joking. He didn't really. I had to dive out of frame for a second. The, the so, cat needed to get out before it had an accident. <laughs> cat was going to poop. Awesome. Um, at least he wasn't showing his butt to the camera like he usually does. No, instead he was giving me this look like, you're bringing this on yourself. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, th- th- what's even funnier to me about this, you know, you mentioned that, you know, the, the copyright infringement and whatnot, the trademark infringement. For years now, and when I say years, I, I mean that. I mean, like, 13, 14 years, I've gotten the same lip from my Apple friends. Oh, Apple processors are so much better than your PC processors. They're just so much better. Oh, um, the next generation's going to have PC processors in them. Oh, my iPhone is so much better. We don't need NFC. NFC doesn't make any sense. Oh, the next generation's going to have NFC. My iPhone has the Retina display. It is so much better specifically than Samsung's OLEDs. They even said so at the last press conference. Oh, 
the next model is going to have Samsung OLEDs. Yeah, you know, I the fanboys have got to be losing their mind here because it seems like, like just like you said, they're always saying, "Oh, well, this is better because of this," and and Apple is better because of these reasons, and yet they keep going. They try and discount what Android does and what the PCs do, what Windows does, and then they do it and they have to acknowledge that, oh yeah, that's, that's pretty good. And then they give Apple credit because they're so innovative. Mm-hmm. Now, well, how big is this order anyway? Maybe, you know, maybe it's not a whole lot. Um, it works out to 13 trillion won. I don't know what that is. It's about a trillion more than 14 trillion. Now, is it 13 or three? Because I see that they're also waiting uh, final approval from Vietnamese government for, for a three, tri- three trillion won investment to expand into Vietnam. So, Well, the, the full amount is actually, they, they've, there's multiple orders. And the most recent one is five trillion won, making the whole total 13 trillion won. Oh, okay. Okay, I see that here. Uh, and I have to remember how many zeros are in 13 trillion. More than I'll ever see in my lifetime. It looks like um, 113 billion. Am I reading that right? I don't know, but that's a lot. Regardless, it's a lot. Yeah. I'm interested to hear how Apple tries to spin this as them inventing the best display ever. When they're buying it from Samsung. You know, though, I think the Samsung S7 display, really good display. It is one of I the best I like ever. it a lot. And, you know, I'd be interested to see how... It, one of the nice things, all you Apple fans, um, I'll let you in on a little secret. One of the best things about the Samsung OLEDs is the always-on display. You know, that's not a feature that I use. I love it. I personally love it. And I know it's not for everyone. It's just one of those little things. I would be interested to see how Apple leverages that. I'll bet you they could do some fun stuff. Um, also in Apple news of them inventing amazing things and rumors we heard about last week, we talked about the wireless charging, right? Uh-huh. Well, they just joined the wireless power consortium, the ones who uh, are behind the key charger, QI. By joining that consortium, they're almost confirming that they are going to jump on board with wireless charging, the key standard specifically. What are your thoughts on wireless charging? I've used it. I used it with my Nexus 5. I haven't used it with my... S7. I love it, but it's not a deal breaker for me. I use it at work where I have a little wireless pad, uh, charging pad on my desk. I don't use it at home because the, if it's on my nightstand like that, it will get knocked off. Just will. I don't know why. It's not like I flail in my sleep or anything, but things on my nightstand don't always tend to stay on my nightstand. Um, and in the car. <laughs> Do you have night terrors? <laughs> <laughs> you know. Happens to everyone. Um, <laughs> and in the car would be really convenient, except not when you think about it. I, I've tried this. Every time I pick up the phone to skip tracks, 
Uh, every time I try and do something else, when I go over speed bumps, it always knocks it loose. So I use an actual plug for those instances. But at work, it's perfect. I sit down at my desk. I plop it down right on the pad. It tops off. It just kind of gives it a, a little bit of extra. I need to get up and go to a meeting. I stand up and I pick it up. And it, and it works perfectly. So, again, it's not a deal breaker for me, but... Both the OLED display and the key wireless charging are signs that Apple is bringing the iPhone into kind of the same use case scenario as every other flagship phone, further cementing my opinion that you and I have both stated, all these phones are really roughly the same. They really are. They really are. Now, I'm letting you people know it is impossible, read totally impossible, for Apple to simultaneously say they've invented something or innovated something or revolutionized something and at the same time join the group that standardizes the something. Yeah. So just remember that when the iPhone 8 is announced. <laughs> no, that's going to be totally innovative and new. You've like, never seen anything like this before. Please ignore the fact that we just joined the regulatory body that tells you how to do this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's exactly how it's going to go down. That's exactly how it's going to go down. I can just see at, at their next um, Apple, what is, I wanted to say Apple IO, but that's Google IO. No, it's a, a worldwide developer conference. Yeah. WWDC at the next one. Um, Tim <laughs> Cook standing up there talking about how they have revolutionized wireless charging. Meanwhile, Android's had it for years. Heck, my Windows phone had it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This isn't new. They're like on the third iteration of it. Um, yeah. In other Apple news. So we've been talking about Apple There's malware. a lot of Apple news, man. There's, well, there's three headlines. That's not a lot, is there? I guess. <laughs> Comparatively, yeah. So um, there's new Mac malware out in the wild. It's called X-Agent. It steals passwords, grabs screenshots, and also copies over iPhone backups to a remote location. And it's brought to you by APT28. Sounds like a Eurotrash group. Kind of is, in a way. Um, <laughs> it's a Russian hacking group. And it's the same one that's been linked to the DNC email hacks of the 2016 election. Nice. Yeah. So, there... Is that how they were able to hack the DNC? It's quite possible um I, I this is pure speculation at this point it really is um i think the more popular apple becomes the more people start using them in the workplace the more this is going to have lasting effects we already talked about in weeks past about how there's a new macro virus for it um malware is coming out almost as quick now as it used to come out for windows back in the day yes and i think it is a sign of people's growing popularity oh hey look i can use a mac in my work environment they don't care sweet never mind the fact it doesn't have the same antivirus or firewall capability or group policies that a windows machine does I look cool. I'm using my Mac. Yeah. 
which is really what it's all about. It's just looking cool. Mm-hmm. Now, I know what my diehard uh, computer friends are going to say, but it's based on a Unix kernel, and Unix is far more secure. And you're right. You are 100% right. When you happen to know Unix and know exactly how to lock things down. If you don't, Unfortunately, not everyone does. If you don't, well, then that does you absolutely no good. You know, I, I'd be curious. We need to get Colin resurrected. He's been, he actually had some serious health scares this week. Um, but he hopefully feeling better. He's, he's been sick for a while. Um, but he is, uh, is he the IT director or is he just the, I, I think he's the director. Yeah. Is he, so, and the company that he works for has a lot of Macs and a lot of Windows machines. And I'd be curious to hear from somebody like him how they're responding in the workplace, in the corporate environment, where you have, let's face it, idiots running machines. Monkeys doing banging around with hammers. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. And that's not to say that everybody's an idiot, but... People aren't tech savvy. Not everybody is tech savvy. The guy working in the warehouse does his job and he does it really well, hopefully. But that doesn't make him a tech expert. You know, I, 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 I wouldn't expect my heart surgeon to understand the ins and outs of Unix and Linux based security because he's a heart surgeon. Exactly. And so I'd be curious, you know, with Colin where he's got to lock down the things and lock down the network, lock down the machines to the point where it's safe to to be on a corporate environment. I'd be curious how he's handling all these new Mac malwares that are coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move over into some Google news, shall we? It's kind of related. Not really. Kind of. It's related because it's a company that's a tech company sure that does stuff okay um so it's kind of funny here we know that google gets takedown notices a lot of takedown notices and it's not that people are going through google and saying oh this one's wrong please take it down they use bots they use um crawlers to go through the internet saying oh this looks like it might be copyrighted information google please take it down a, a big one that this happens to a lot is imdb which, yep. which makes sense. I mean, a lot of copyright holders are from movie studios and, oh, hey, this movie's up on this website. This website's talking about all our, all of our movies. Better send it a takedown notice. You know, I love when we, and we've reported on it a few times, but I love when we say things like, or we hear things like, um, the, the studio, issued a takedown notice for its own website Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff i love it yeah uh well the most recent purge from from google shows that a lot of people are saying to take down whitehouse.gov and the u.s department of justice because evidently those two sites are infringing on a lot of content probably probably what with with Trump and, you know, all of the infringement that goes on and the fake news and everything. Yeah, I can see it. Sure, sure. Um, also up there is <laughs> NASA, the BBC, Netflix, well, NASA, and New York Times. NASA posts those 
those high-res photos that have got to be copyrighted by somebody, right? Well, you know, only from the people who help fake them. True. Was it Scorsese that I heard filmed the moon landing video? Somebody was telling me that I think it was Scorsese Kubrick. that did the moon landing. Kubrick. Everyone oh, says Q- Kubrick. Yeah, Kubrick. Kubrick. Yep, that's right. So he apparently, the, we did land on the moon, but Kubrick was filming on a soundstage to record it. So. Little known fact, we actually did land on the moon. It just so happened Kubrick was already up there filming another movie. So, 2001, wasn't it? Yeah, so all the uh, all the conspiracy <laughs> theorists were half right. He did shoot the moon landing, but he happened to do it on the moon. There, I've put it to bed. Oh, thank you for that. Thank yeah. you. Um, the thing is that really bugs me about this is that if, for instance, if we have something that infringes on copyright on our site, people shouldn't be going to Google to delist the site. They should be coming to me. Yeah. In fact, we actually had this. It wasn't on our site. Someone else was using a screen grab of one of our YouTube videos as a picture of Salt Lake Comic Con, the very first one, when uh, Amber, when Dollface, our old uh, anchor and contributor, did her very first interview. You remember that? I do. Yeah. So it's one of our most popular YouTube videos to this day. I think it's just because everyone likes looking at boobies uh, because you can't hear a thing in the video. But they used a screen grab of that and said it was one of their photos of Salt Lake Comic-Con. Yep. And I reached out to them and said, hey, you can use this, but you need to cite us. You need to give us credit for it and provide a backlink. And instead, they simply took it down. Yep. So why is everyone telling Google? Google's not the Internet, people. Well, you know, I actually had something similar where I took a photo of a car that had exploded. I remember that. And one of the local newspapers uh, ripped the image out of my tweet and put it in their news story on their website. And I just contacted them. I'm like, hey, give me credit. You can use a photo, but give me credit. They took it down. I think it's easier for these people to, instead of giving credit and acknowledging the fact that, hey, we didn't do this ourselves, they'll just make the story disappear, which is really kind of sad. Very sad. So sad. Yes. Fake news, fake images, fake tweets, sad. (laughs) Very un-American, exclamation point. (laughs) Okay, let's move on. Mm, Well, don't worry. We'll get to that. Okay, so in other Google News, this one's kind of interesting, Um, even though I've completely lost where I am. Oh, yes. So you remember when uh, Google's drive system, uh, not like a car drive, but rather driving cars, was losing people? They were going through a lot of... uh, Turnaround. They couldn't yes. seem to keep employees, and no one knew what was happening. Everyone said that it was obviously signs that Alphabet, the uh, parent company to Google, was in having dire problems. No one there knew what was going on. No one there would stay at the job long enough. It just meant the entire venture was doomed. Yes. And then it morphed into a standalone business called Waymo. Well, it... it, it um. Turns out people were leaving not because the job was horrible, 
But because Alphabet, Google, and Waymo were paying so much money, they were retiring. Really? That's a good problem to have. Yeah. Um, they basically called it FU money, where they were paid so much. They had so much money built up. They could pick and choose what they wanted to do. So many of them left. That's interesting. I'm curious where they ended up. Well, it, it turns out that a lot of the early staffers had very, very, very odd compensations where they were given bonuses based upon certain milestones met and they were all meeting them. And then other people would get involved and add multipliers to those bonuses and then multipliers to the multipliers. And then before you knew it, people were getting multi-million dollar payments Which, That's awesome. You know, what does it take to get a job like that? Because I need to get a job like that. To sit in the passenger side of a car and not drive it? I know. And get paid millions of dollars? I mean, I like my job, but I would really like that job. Uh, one uh, person was there for four years and had a 16x multiplier applied to his bonus. Oh, my goodness. At that point, it's just like monopoly money, dude. I know. It's just, I, I can't even imagine. It, okay. So we've done this show now for quite a while. I mean, this is episode 306. We've heard a lot of silly, stupid things in the tech sector and in general. Uh, and it, there are times when I sometimes feel that we've become jaded to it or nothing really impresses us anymore. Nothing really gets this kind of reaction, but I gotta say, I think this is a first. I don't think I've ever heard of anything like this. And how does a company like Google fall for this? I, I, I shouldn't use that word. That's not the right word, but how do they let this happen? Yeah, that's that's a good question there, is how do they get in a position where they're paying their people so much that they can no longer retain them? I mean, that somebody should have been paying better attention, I think. But, wow, that's a, that's a good problem to have, I guess. I, I'll say, sure. Wow, I'd love to be able to pay that kind of money. Well, um, hopefully this other department of Alphabet isn't having the problem of money. Well, that sounded weird. Um, remember how Alphabet wanted to send internet, broadband internet, across the world into very remote places using balloons? Yes. And we're sitting there going, huh? Well, they may actually pull it off. They've named that company Loon. L O O N, you know, like the crazy burned bird. Now, now is that is that the name of the company or is that just the name of the project? Uh, that's well, it's kind of one and the same now. Um, so they figured out an algorithm and an AI model that the balloons can use to remain geosynchronous even in weather. Well, what does that mean? It means that they can do this entire experiment. They can do the entire project with maybe 30 balloons tops instead of the 400 balloons they expected. That's pretty cool. That is unbelievably cool. Until you realize they're talking about arming 
30 balloons to stay in a high atmosphere with an AI. Which is terrifying. This is how we get Judgment Day, people. One of two things is going to happen. Either that balloon is going to become very, very malevolent towards us and be able to see everything, or it's going to become very existential with a view like that. I mean, I, I, I think I would. Now, as the AI becomes sentient, because that's what will happen because I watch sci-fi, do you think that it's going to look at us and think, wow, humanity is awful and must be destroyed? Or do you think it's going to become kind of like kind of like a doctor or a mortician that goes in, does its job, shuts down all emotion and feeling, and then at the end of the day just goes home? Just sit there and these people need internet. Here's the internet in all of its horribleness that they're looking for. And I, I'm it's going to go home and put on a smoking jacket and just drink yeah. itself into oblivion every night. Yeah. As opposed to turning on its human creators and destroying the world. I, I don't think I don't think the AI is really going to worry about the effort it takes to destroy us. <laughs> we're doing a good job yeah ourselves just saying um okay into other news yes we'll go with more ai okay so we use a, a service called tech meme which kind of helps us gather a lot of headlines throughout the week and while we do that we also browse every other site we follow news we have reader alerts this one came across my desk and it has to be the most jargon riddled headline i've ever read I'll read it for you verbatim. IBM partners with Visa to connect its Watson IoT platform with Visa's token technology to enable IoT commerce. That right there tells me they're trying to get page views from search results. Right? <laughs> that is a lot of words and... I don't think that's it a was lot of necessary. buzzwords. Yeah. Okay. So remember, past few weeks, past few months, for a long time now, actually, I've talked about developing an AI that handles your authentication. So your passwords, your access, your token access to different things are handled by a personalized AI that knows your patterns, knows what it is you're doing, and can seamlessly and transparently grant access to certain apps without ever exposing your sensitive information. Mm -hmm. Evidently. IBM and Visa have had the same thought, only not for your security or privacy. That'd be silly, but so you can buy things. You know, why bother with security? Because no matter how much security they put in there, the second they get me to sign up for it, it's going down. You're just like the hard reset. You are... What's that term they use when they're doing quality control? You are the gunter. You, you, you just break things. I, I do. I just, you get me involved and it's all going south. So the idea here is, is that Watson, that, that supercomputer with the learning AI that was used in Jeopardy and is now used a lot in the medical field would be able to track you, track your habits, track what it is you're doing and allow you to just move through life without actually having to interact with your wallet or your bank account at all. And it would do it all for you. So you go to a coffee machine and you just fill your cup and then you walk out to your car and 
um, fill it up with some gas, drive to work, um, get a sandwich out of the commissary, go back up to your desk afterwards, do a few things, click on some stuff on Amazon you want, go home, and it's tracking you. It knows who you are. It knows your habits and that, oh, yeah, no, this person actually is here. He's actually with his car. And I happen to know that the car itself is running low on fuel. So him buying gas is totally reasonable, totally real. I think Skynet, but instead of wanting to kill you, it wanted to be your personal shopper. You know, this kind of <laughs> makes me think of that Amazon store, like the brick and mortar store. Right. The one where you just the one you just walk out of and it automatically tracks your purchases. Yes. I mean, this this is kind of like that on steroids. In my mind, as I understand this, that's kind of scary. It's one thing to have it contained to one building. It's another thing to have it follow you. My issue with this is a little bit more philosophical. Um, we use technology to make things easier for us, right? There used to be that old uh, argument, and you youngins out there won't really remember or understand this, but this was a real argument people had. When cell phones started to get smarter and you could basically contain your entire Rolodex, remember that, into the phone's memory, they were saying, oh, well, if you don't have to remember phone numbers anymore, you're going to become dumb. I don't know if the microphone can pick up purring, but evidently he made it on time. Um, <laughs> and, and this used to be a thing where, you know, if you wanted to call your best friend, you had to remember their seven digit phone number. At least in our area, it was seven digits. And or then 10. And then, yeah. And then they upgraded it to 10. And now, now you don't have to remember that at all. You're going to turn stupid. And scientists were able to point out, no, that's not how the human brain works. Instead of becoming stupid, you simply allocate that to other things. So instead of dedicating that portion of your brain to remembering everyone's phone numbers, you're able to use it to remember a lot of other stuff. See, I feel though, like I've become stupider. Well, you've just become older. With, with the advent of technology and the way that smartphone and the internet have come... My memory is not what it used to be because it doesn't need to be. I can just Google whatever I need to know. Yeah. You know, phone numbers, I don't need to know. I mean, I, I, I really feel like my mental capacity has, has diminished. And that's not to say that I've become a blithering idiot because I still think I'm a fairly intelligent guy. Wow. This is entertaining. So for those of you who aren't able to see this, Ninja, Zook's cat, just jumped on Zook's chest, and I think there were claws involved because his shirt is now slowly slowly staining red. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. It wouldn't be the first time. I, I, I was seriously checking there. He ripped my headphones out. And then he proceeded to walk down your chest while you were standing or sitting vertically, and... He was like Batman and Robin in the old 60s TV show, just going down. I'll teach you to podcast around me. Wow. That was fun. That That's two night, two times tonight he's interrupted us. Mm-hmm. He really hates the, that. First with the threat of poop and now with physical violence on you. Anyway, back to my philosophical debate on the subject of this. My concern is, 
this kind of technology takes a lot out of our hands. We no longer have to worry about it. We no longer have to think about it. But I'm not seeing us replacing it with any other kinds of thoughts. This is the first technology, I think, where I look at it and say, this is just going to make us lazy. Most other technology, I can, I mean, I'm a big picture kind of person. I can see multiple points of view, multiple sides. This is the very first one, I think, where I look at it and I see, I don't see any benefit. I don't see it being a bad thing to be involved in my purchasing process. Yeah. Well, how much is this going to impact consumer debt, too? If you don't have to think about it, you just it just happens. That's kind of scary, too. Or will they be able to do it so that it helps curb consumer debt? They probably could. They probably won't because they make True. money off that. I'm just saying there's a good thing to be able to say, yes, I wish to purchase this. Yes, it costs this much money, and I currently have this much money in my account. Yes, I authorize this amount. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, people. Sometimes automation is not your friend. Um, into we, We've done a very good job of stretching this out. We're now running up against uh up against the wall well ninja has helped us too indeed indeed lenovo not doing well not doing well at all um lenovo's cell phone business uh, has gone down by six percent well that's not horrible who owns lenovo now because they've changed hands a bit no lenovo owns lenovo but uh, Motorola Mobility is now owned by Lenovo. Oh, okay. Yeah, they haven't changed hands. They've just bought up other properties. Okay. Well, okay, so the mobile division is down 6% from the same point last year. That's not terrible. Oh, but the net profit of the entire company is down 67% from the same time last year. Which, I mean, they've still got a profit... But they're at 98 million compared to 300 million a year ago. That's, um, at a certain point with a company, um, profit is good, but profit, the more profit is better. Duh, right? They're business 101 from Zook. The more profit you can get, the more you can, in Apple's words, innovate. Right? You can spend the money on the long shots, on the, uh, wild ideas that may not pan out. Kind of like what Google does. Yeah. Yeah. They just make stupid, stupid FU money. Right. Yes. And then they pay their staffers with it, evidently. Um, but it gives them the opportunity to have a lot of just wild, crazy ideas. When you don't have as much money, suddenly things are looking a lot less stable and you don't take the big chances and you don't take the big risks. And frankly, I think Lenovo needs to take the big risks. I think that, you know, if they're going to sell Motorola phones, they need to maybe branch out a bit and not just look at selling through Verizon. That's a very good idea. Hey, maybe attaching yourself to only one carrier is a bad idea. Especially when that carrier keeps losing customers to other carriers. I always thought it was really weird. Um, During the Super Bowl, I actually saw a Motorola, uh, a Hello Moto commercial. And they were advertising Moto Mods. Like, hey, wouldn't it be great if you could, like, snap a speaker onto your phone or snap a projector? 
And they were trying to do it in such a way that they're making fun of Apple, saying that, you know, this many years ago, this kind of phone was just amazing and it showed everyone freaking out. And fast forward to now when nothing's really changed. Leave it to Motorola to break the mold or whatever it is they're saying. Moto mods aren't new. We've been talking about Moto mods for years. Yep. And, and not just us, they released them years ago. I want to say like three. Wasn't it like three years ago that they first started talking about Moto mods? I don't know. It's been a bit. Uh, right. It's been a bit. Well, and they're not the only ones doing it. You look like the v- LG V20. I mean, that whole thing is about let's add stuff to the phone. Great. Now I'm looking this up. To the internets. I take that back. I don't know why I thought it was so much so long ago. Yeah, September of 2016. I was way off. Yeah, you were. That's okay, though. I won't mock you. I, I'll let everyone else do that. But still, you're advertising at the Super Bowl in February about something that came out in September. It's already old. It is, especially in those, this world of technology. And you can only get it on one carrier. A carrier which, uh, and holy crap, you chose the bad week to not be paying attention. Verizon announced a resurgence this week of its unlimited data plan. Now, I saw that, and I tried to look into that a little bit. Uh, not because I want to go back to them, but just to find out the details. And from what I gathered... You get the unlimited data plan, but it's like 80 bucks or something. You're paying like an exorbitant amount for it. it right. It, it's $80 for one line, 140 for two lines. There's tethering. They, they've opened it up. Put simply, if this is, if you're the type of person that this appeals to, this is good news. And then suddenly every day afterwards was, Oh, T-Mobile's trying to follow saying, Oh, we're bringing it back too. And then Sprint, we're bringing it back too. And finally ended up with AT&T, uh, where they brought it back. They made it so it's no longer exclusive to DirecTV subscribers, because remember, they had that in place. Yeah. But then they said, but we're not bringing back tethering, and we'll throttle your speeds above a certain limit. And we're going to yeah. charge you more for it. So AT&T hasn't quite figured out this whole do-what-the-customer-wants mentality. Didn't we have a have an issue where that was determined that if you're being throttled you're not truly unlimited so they can't say it's unlimited yeah yeah i thought so too but again i don't think at&t has caught on to any of this at&t just kind of just kind of out there i think i i don't really understand what they what they're doing which is why i left them years and years ago because none of the stuff they did made sense even then right Right. It's just, it's kind of weird. I shouldn't say weird. Again, it's kind of like me, uh, benefiting from everyone else's Discord. AT&T, T-Mobile, Sprint, and Verizon battle it out. Hey, we get extra plans available. Sweet. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's almost like this is how capitalism works. Funny how that is, eh? Right. Right. Yay, capitalism. I love capitalism. Just gotta say. I know you do. Um, okay. Our last headline is potentially the biggest minefield one. The Trump administration is leaking like a sieve. Politics aside, 
I don't think we've ever seen this many leaks out of a White House administration or a White House team in such a short time ever. It's like someone is in all the meetings actively live-tweeting things. And they're not having any of it now. Trump has uh, is opening investigations into these leaks, all the while also cutting jobs, cutting agencies, and doing a whole bunch of stuff that's making a lot of people unhappy. So an interesting little thing has started to crop up. Turns out people in government jobs are using encrypted chat to chat with each other about these issues. And House Republicans aren't particularly happy about it, um, and I actually can't necessarily blame them, because it causes all sorts of problems with transparency, with freedom of information, with accountability, with government transparency in general is just kind of thwarted with the idea of encrypted chat. Now, Schmitty and I downloaded one of the apps that they've been using, um, whose name I immediately forgot. I'm now looking it up. But we've been using it off and on all week, and it's kind of interesting. It's confide because it's like Snapchat, but for text. I can send a message, and as soon as the other person reads it, it's gone from my phone. And to read it, they have to hover over each line with their finger. So you can only read a line at a time, and once they're done... It's gone from that message. And supposedly it has quote unquote unbreakable end to end encryption. I'm not going to actually believe that because I think everything can be cracked eventually. But I think this brings up an interesting question. If you're in a job where you know that speaking your mind is going to get you sacked, shouldn't you have the right to be able to chat with coworkers about that? Apparently I, not. Well, I, I, and the problem is it's, it's many fold. Okay. If this were my job, sure. They should have the right to do that without feeling like the CEO is going to bust in on them at any moment and get rid of them anyway. But at the same time, I don't have a government job, right? You know, it's, yeah. it's just, it's really interesting. I, I don't know which side of this I come down on. But I do believe we are going to see an uptick in more and more encrypted options for people. I mean, we already have it in Allo. Well, not yet, but soon. Google's Allo uh, says that it's going to be encrypted. Snapchat says it's bringing out encryption. WhatsApp is supposedly bringing out encryption. Now you have things like this. Apple is refusing to release iMessage logs, and they're encrypted to Apple servers. I think this is going to be the new industry of this administration. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I think we've really started seeing a lot of this with the last administration with the Snowden leaks and the the WikiLeaks. And now, I mean, it seems like everybody has such a distrust that they want to really keep their keep their conversations private because i think people right now don't believe that anything is private and if they do believe that it is they're foolish and so i think we're going to start seeing more and more stuff like this more and more of these applications coming out i wonder if it's really more of a sociological argument that we as a society have forgotten how to have conversations in private space 
I think so. I mean, or, or that our, our definition of private space has changed and we consider text messages to be private, even if they're a on the job, B perhaps on employer owned devices. See, I would consider them to be private though. I, I would think that should be respected as private. Now, if you're sitting in a crowded airport terminal talking on your speakerphone and everybody hears everything, that's just stupid. You have no reasonable expectation of privacy at that point. But if you're texting somebody, then that should be private. While on the job, on an employer-owned device? Is it any different than talking to somebody in the back room? That's and, and like I said, that's the question. I think that's the argument, uh, and I don't have an answer one way or another. And I and I say that as a system administrator who has to go into people's computers because they thought that they were so secretive and sneaky about doing stuff, but they did it on a company computer, so I have full access into it. Yeah, you know, it's a real minefield, a real slippery slope in so many different ways, and I think we as a society really need to step back and start defining these spaces. Before we go full 1984, because we're not there yet, but we're close. I think we, I think we're there now. I think we're there now. You know, you stop and you look at that. I, I didn't watch the 77 minute press conference, but you stop and you, you look at that. <laughs> there's, there's a lot that's going on crazy. We're being, you can't believe what you see or what you hear anymore. Nope. Um, all right, into our favorites. Mine is actually a pair of fav- favorites. They're both from the Halo two- Wars 2. Wow, excuse me. Halo Wars 2, the real-time strategy game coming out on Xbox One. Now, I'm not a huge real-time strategy fan. Uh, I never played the original Halo Wars, but the ads they've been doing for Halo Wars 2 have been excellent. They've been beautiful. There's one where everything's happening in slow motion. It's the two generals that have been fighting each other. It's just gorgeous watching these troops take on each other. But these two ads are not that. They are a combination of live action, CGI, uh, costume, all sorts of different stuff. And it takes the idea of a battle of wits to much more relatable terms. In fact, I think, uh, Zahner, you really related to the airplane one. I did, having just spent quite a bit of time on one yes yeah um they're worth it they're only a minute long each but i think they're awesome and i really wish microsoft could figure out how to bring this kind of humor and innovation i hate using that word now i feel dirty saying it but this creativity to all their ads because i think they would have been much more popular as a brand if they could have figured this out oh yeah for sure and they are they are great and i'm actually in the mood for a new car so that car salesman one really rang true to me as well. Uh, my favorite this week, uh, Weird Al recently announced that he is going to be coming out with a ultimate boxed set. And I think ultimate is putting it lightly. Yeah. It's, it's what 14 CDs plus a CD of unreleased material. And one of the unreleased material, um, is a parody of the the song Tax Man by the Beatles. And it was rec- it's called Pac-Man. It was recorded at the height of Pac-Man fever in the early 80s, but it hasn't been released for 35 years. So now it's part of this um 
complete works of Weird Al Yankovic that's coming out soon. If you want to pick up the the set, it's like 250 bucks, but I mean, that's $250. It's well worth it. But he's re- earlier today, I think maybe he released uh, a video of Pac-Man and it's unfortunately just lyrics, but it is the official release from Weird Al. So yeah, check it out. It is, it is good. It's good. Excellent. Well, that is our show this week. Let us know what you're thinking. Feedback at StolenDroids.com, 801-917-GEEK. Follow us on Twitter, friend us on Facebook, or do that in reverse. I kind of forget how it goes now. It hasn't happened for a while. Hint, hint, wink, wink. And until next time, cheers. Good day. Wash me to my finger, lost into my singing, heart like New Orleans, and cars be crew and jeans, yeah. I know the waking, sterile on a vacant, living in conditions of the motor matrix, only paying rounds on a proper naked, only point I made with the bullet was a paper, ain't here to fight some dude to fuck a fan with his pals, rather lights from me to burn it down with the house, get your heart from the groove on account of the bass, and look like Tom Cruise up or down on the couch, status never mattered, ever acted with a luck, Christine, I never just let yourself go, matter pressure run it, ever that is better left, Christine, track a record to let you on the boat, the world be kings, even homeless. None of these kingdoms are home just. Slap a rapper, lost a lynch, no. Put together in the no longer matter like a black hole. Flashy as a matador When I'm just like feels that I'm in a coochie Listening to coochie rap I won't beat around the bush Like a 70s porn I make you wish That you never be born And it's all good
This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.